morning. Good morning, good morning. I'm here, I'm back with another video cast interview. I wanted you to meet this lady. She's wonderful, wonderful smile, but on top of that, she is amazing. Our guest today is Neelam Tawar, and she is a business strategist, poet, and a two times TEDx speaker. So come on in as you join me in the chat room. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, please feel free to ask them in the comment section. And you know what I'm going to ask you to do? Because I always ask you to do the same thing. And that's right. Go ahead and share this interview because friends do not let friends miss out on Ask Sharifa. It's Monday and we're starting this Monday off with a bang. Good morning, Neelam. How are you? I'm amazing. It's, uh, it's evening where I am. So <laughs> I'm in like two different time zones at all times. But that's okay. It, it's wonderful. You know, that's the beauty of the internet. Fell in love with the internet back in 1994. I can speak to you in my time zone. You can speak in your time zone. And we're just going to have some fun while we learn all about you, what you do, but most importantly, how you can help everyone. Because you're a strategist. And that's one of the things that you do is that you help people strategize. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and give us some background? Sure. So um, on, on, the, on the personal front, I was about eight months old uh, when my parents moved to Africa. Mm -hmm. And I was raised in Africa, the UK and um, New York City. It's funny I don't say America because New York City feels like its own country. <laughs> it does. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I've always, um, always had a heart for literature since I was a kid. I worked in the advertising business for, for some time. And about four years ago, I had this sort of um, inner angst, if you will, that made me feel like I wasn't doing the right thing with my life. Mm -hmm. and, um, I was unhappy. I had obviously the perfect life on, on, on picture, on paper. Uh, mm -hmm. Single girl, beautiful one bedroom across the East River in Manhattan. High paying corporate job. <laughs> All of that, like check, 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 you know. Um, but I was not happy. I would uh, have really difficult moments when I would come home. Um, I, I've, I think I've cried a lot. <laughs> I've, I've broken down a lot. And I knew that, I think part of it was just that everything around me was just moving. And I felt that I wasn't moving in the direction that I needed to. And, mm -hmm. and my inner, inner being was just getting stifled. Mm -hmm. So four years ago, it came to like a crushing, you know, realization that something's got to change and about two years ago i pretty much uh, packed my bags sold what i could uh, put the rest of it in storage and uh, bought a one-way ticket to india oh wow <laughs> why india before we go on why india do you know what um i spent six months in austin no four months in austin uh before mm -hmm. i i left uh, the u.s and india was just somehow it, it, it just came to me because I felt like I needed to be in Asia. And mm -hmm. I've come to India as a kid. I've, I've seen the country, but I obviously didn't know what to expect because it's a very different cultural experience uh, when you come here. Mm -hmm. So I came here with a one-way ticket with, with the intention that, you know, I'll set up my not-for-profit, I'll get all of that work rolling, and then I'll be back, uh, back home. And it hasn't like left me like India has just told me to chill and stay here. Don't move. 
And I'm listening to like, all of it is now about being in alignment, being very congruent with what you um, are being guided toward. You know, mm-hmm. we talk about the strategy part of, uh, of my life has always been something I've always done. Um, mm-hmm. I believe that, you know, I, I'm, I don't believe in giving people advice. I always prefer telling people like, hey, this is the direction you need to be going in and mm-hmm. here are the tools because then it just, it just becomes any, anyone can say, anyone can tell you what to do. But mm-hmm. the person who needs to tell you what to do also should tell you how to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and we're in such an interesting world right now because people get motivated. They want to be inspired. And these are two words I don't use because I'm like, if, you know, Charles Dickens or, you know, some of the greats in our, in our, in our world waited for motivation, they wouldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So I don't rely on any of that anymore because I think, I think my dream or my vision itself is an alarm clock you know, mm-hmm. that I wake up to that. I wake up to knowing that, hey, today I'm going to be able to make some sort of difference, whether it's my clients or if someone I'm meeting or I'm in a conversation like this. I don't know who's listening to this. Um, mm-hmm. And our conversation could possibly awaken something in somebody's hearts. And as a result of you and I talking, if one person out of like, who knows, a million people decides to make a shift in their life, I think, I think I'd be content with that. Mm-hmm. You know? No, I agree. I'm the same way. I always say the same thing. If I can help just one person, that's what I always focus on. I focus on helping that one person, answering the question for that one person, consulting for that one person, helping that one person build their business, grow their business, getting more exposure. And then I, I feel that if you give your 100% to that one person, more and more people will come. I get the majority of my business through referrals. I don't, as a company, I don't do advertising. I do, I'll, I'll post on social media, but I don't pay for advertising. The majority of the people I work with come to me through referrals. And they all, for the last 20 years, have said the same thing. Sharifa, I don't really know what you do, but John said, I have to talk to you. And by the time I finish this conversation and finish this consultant, they're a new client. Is it the same for yourself? It's so interesting. Yes, it is. So I'm an organic uh, business growth and visibility strategist. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that with with the noise that is our current media, be it online or offline and the people that are standing on these big stages and have massive following, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? You should... Everyone should aspire to get to that point where they can help more people. I just say that I would find it extremely unethical to pay my way through standing on a stage. I'd rather get there on my merit and I'd rather get to speaking to the people that will resonate with me because I'm sure you believe in this too. I'm just going to take a hunch that if there's 50 people in a room, even if you're invited to give a talk, for example, let's say, you're not going to hit every, all of them. Even if they're there for the same reason, the, there's a unifying theme to the conference, you may not get to all 50, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, I don't believe in speaking to everybody like that. I think you should speak to the people that you can help the most at the stages where they are and where your work is going to be the most um, resonating with them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that. And I think, I, you know, just there's the side psychological part too to it, right? Like I think we're so used to in, in the world we live in right now, like we want everything right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm by nature fairly impatient. Only yeah. unless, you know, but when it comes to my writing, my poetry, that's, that's my soul's, soul's uh, nourishment. So mm-hmm. I, let it, I let it give me what it's supposed to give me. And I, take, I do take from my writing. Like I, I get more from my writing than I put into it sometimes because it, it, 
it expands me, mm-hmm. right? I think we're in such a rush. We're in such a rush to get to point B that we're kind of forgetting that that middle part is actually where the fun is. And if you can make the middle part, which is like the point between A and B, interesting for yourself, the chances are that you'll stay in the game or whatever it is that you're trying to do longer. You look at Steve Jobs, right? How did he sustain what he does, even though he got fired from his own company? Mm-hmm. He loved what he did. He, he was so fanatical about what he did. So he's, he is almost like borderline legend in what he right. contributed to the planet. And I think, I think that's the issue, right? Like what you're also saying, right? It's the same thing in a way that most people feel like they should just quickly get to that end result. Okay, I'll pay someone or I'll buy my way through, whatever it is. And listen, we can't teach ethics to everybody. It's not our place. But I would like to stay within my internal compass and try to do right by what I want to do. What I feel is right at least. Uh, Absolutely. Now, let me, one of the things that you mentioned, and we have, I want to welcome people starting to come into the chat room. Good morning to Terrace, Francis, Imandisa, James. If you have any questions, comments for our guests today, please add them to the comment section. But back to you, um, we are speaking with Neelam Tawar, and this lady is amazing. Not only is she a TEDx speaker, She's a two-time speaker. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that. But one of the things that you mentioned is that you're an organic strategist. What is an organic strategist? So it's literally someone who's not going to pay for traffic to Mm -hmm. themselves. Mm -hmm. So you're generating it through networking. You're generating it through building the right type of relationships. Mm -hmm. You're generating it through being who you are and being in spaces where you resonate the most. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if you're not pushing your way somewhere where you don't belong, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely staying in your lane is basically what you're saying. So, if anyone has, I mean, because everyone I believe wants to be an organic strategist, they want to show up everywhere organically. I think we, you know, I don't think there's anyone who feels like, oh, well, let me just hand over $50,000 or $25,000 or even $2,000, you know, for advertising or marketing. We'd rather keep that money and have everyone find us naturally, have everyone find us organically. But I, I think two things happen is number one, we don't know how to do that. And number two, it with like you said, every, all this screaming, at, you know, ads and marketing and everything out there, we don't necessarily feel as if we can. And then we don't have anyone such as yourself who's even telling us that we have that ability. Every time some, you go somewhere, the answer is, okay, well, pay me, pay me, pay me, pay me, pay me, pay me. You want to show up, you want to reach more people on Facebook. Okay, do Facebook ads and pay for the reach pay for the advertising. Everyone always wants you to pay in some form or fashion. What is your advice or encouragement for someone who wants to show up organically, wants to show up naturally, but does not know how? So I I always say come back to the basics, right? So you want to go to a place where you're not really worried about the end result. Mm -hmm. And in in sort of like spiritual teaching, they call it the art of detachment. Mm -hmm. Yes. most people are very married to how something needs to look, how, how many likes they need to get the second their post goes up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's, that's not healthy, by the way, to, wait, <laughs> like, to keep like scrolling and refreshing your page. <laughs> I don't do that. I didn't even know that was a thing. Go ahead. People do that. People do that. <laughs> Every now and then. 
But, but the important thing though is that if you can get back to the basics, mm-hmm. forget, forget about the end result, forget about how it needs to look, forget about who it's being done for. Start with yourself. What mm-hmm. do you want to talk about? What would you like to share a viewpoint about? What story would you like to tell? What narrative would you like to promote in the world? Mm-hmm. Do that. So I'll just give you a quick example. This was before I was doing this work. So I was still in corporate, being miserable. And my, <laughs> I, I did this little stint. Um, I took a little program with Elephant Journal. Like it was a very simple program. And then I applied to be a columnist with them. And I got mm-hmm. selected. And I, they were like, yeah, come on in. A uh, few people got selected and I was one of them. So I had my own columnist page. And I, th- I think sometime in November like, or, or December, of like maybe three years ago, I was, I was visiting my dad and I was just sitting there with my laptop and I, I, I was like, I feel like writing about something. So what I ended up writing about was what alcohol, like what not drinking alcohol for like six years taught me. Mm-hmm. So I, I quit alcohol cold turkey and this was in New York City, which was just unheard of sometimes, right? <laughs> I just wrote this piece, no jokes, right? I just wrote this piece. And I remember exactly where I was sitting in my dad's apartment when I wrote it. And I sent it out to the editors. Um, we went back and forth for like, because they look at it. And then I just, you know, just made some ramp, uh, writing changes and structural changes that I wanted to make. Because they always tell you something. Editors are the best people, by the way. Mm-hmm. I made those changes. It goes live. And then I go to bed, wake up in the morning. I get a message from the West Coast uh, editor. Like, hey, Neelam, your article's doing really well. Cool. I don't know what to make of it because, okay, like what? <laughs> So I was like, oh, there are more people like me out there. I didn't, even, I didn't even have that going on in my head. But it was like maybe four or five hours later, which was like evening time on Long Island by then, I got a message from one of the East Coast editors and they were like, Neelam, your article is blowing up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know what that means either because that's not <laughs> the quotation. <laughs> so right. I go in and look at the Facebook pages where this was being posted and I was shocked. So that article itself had like some 300,000 or some crazy amount of views, some five ridiculous five figure shares and people were just coming in and piling on and sharing their stories. And it humbled me. Mm -hmm. It humbled me in that moment that I knew, and this was still while I was doing corporate, right? So then again, the inner voice is saying like, you know, you need to be doing something like this with your life where you can reach people and help people because I was built to do that. I was Mm -hmm. just not doing it in the right place. So, that, that, there was one particular moment where I was going through comments, which I don't even do now on my own Facebook page at times. I was going through comments and there were people who were talking about stories that would just make you weep. I was looking at it and I was crying because I was like, I didn't go through so much when I gave up alcohol. I wasn't in um, any sort of rehab. There was none of that happening. I gave up because of the unhealthy choices I was making and the life I was living. And there were people who were sharing stories about losing family members to, to you know, um, uh, alcohol abuse or there were people sharing stories about like 15 years that they were sober or people sharing stories about how they got out from recovering, how their lives improved and their, their families are healthier and happier as a result of that. That stuff humbles you. See, mm-hmm. when you don't, when you don't focus, you, you don't, you mustn't focus on that reach. That means you have an agenda. 
Mm-hmm. Focus on the work, focus on the work, see why you like it. And I can tell you some of the people that are succeeding right now online are people who are really taking the time to be themselves, even if they're not getting that many Facebook likes. Like I, similar to you, I, I have all my client base come through referrals. Mm-hmm. All of them come through referrals and, you know, they literally, there's the occasional person who will go on the website and apply to work with me. And even when they write in, they'll say something like, I was told to talk to you. Right. Right. You know, so I'd rather do that. I'd rather be for the chosen few than be for the masses to, that, that happens. I'm not like hankering behind it, but you have to come back to the basics of why do you want to do something? What uh-huh. impact is it going to have on somebody's life? Is it going to make them smile? Is it going to make their day? Is it going to help their kids? Is it going to help the next person they meet? If you keep the focus on those types of things, I tell you, it's going to even like, it's going to be even more daunting than the fact that your, your piece reaches more people. You mm-hmm. then have to deal with self-doubt on whether you want to put this material. Like, seriously, who wants to read about not drinking alcohol? And I was shocked. I was shocked that there were so many people sharing the story. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like, no, come back to the basics. I tell you, just come back to the basics. Do good work. Do work that matters. Do work that's different. Do work that's in alignment with who you are and what you know to be true. I'm sure when you operate from that level, you'll find people who will come to you and look toward you for that direction and that um, guidance. That's an excellent example because when you wrote the piece on not drinking alcohol, you were authentic. You were real. You were sharing your experience. You were were speaking from the heart. And that's one of the things I speak of often is that some of the most picked up, shared um, stories, articles, press releases that I've written are the ones that I'm just really sincere. And it's so interesting that you say that because one, one press release that I wrote in particular, I've had, you know, a lot of press releases, a lot of stories, but one where I received the most phone calls, I'm talking like the phone rang where people called and said, Sharifa, we want you to speak. We want you to speak. It was a press release that I put out about uh, years ago about Tom Cruise jumping on Oprah's couch. Now, I don't know if you remember that. It was years ago, but Tom Cruise was happy. Yes, he was married and he was in love. And so he goes on Oprah, he's telling his story and he just gets on the couch and he's just jumping up and down with happiness. And everybody just tore Tom Cruise apart. And they were like, oh, you don't jump on the couch. That's Oprah. You know, you don't do that. And I, and I was like kind of frustrated. And I was feeling it. I, I wrote this press release and I just put it out there. And it had no agenda. It had no advertising. It had no sales. It had nothing to buy. It I mean, it, it, you know, it was just me saying, you know what? What this world needs now is love. What we need now is happiness. We need more people to jump on couches. Like that was the whole moral of the story was like, everyone needs to jump on couches. Everyone needs to be happy. And while y'all tearing down this man for jump, I mean, it's Oprah, she can get another couch. Like, you know what I mean? Like he didn't damage the couch. But the most important thing is love. And my phone rang, even the Scientology um, organization called me and asked me to come speak. And I, you know, respectfully declined, but because I told them it wasn't about Scientology, it wasn't about a specific organization, it wasn't a specific belief, you know, as far as religions go, but it was just the belief that we all should be happy and joyous. And, and just on social media itself, some of some posts where I'm just kind of feeling a certain way, you know, where I need to get something out or I want to talk about this or talk about that. And I was like, oh my God, nobody's going to understand. Nobody's going to relate. They're going to laugh at me. They're going to say, Sharifa, why did you say that? Why did you post that? 
and all of a sudden it has hundreds of comments and I'm like, oh my God. But it's the, the ones when I'm real authentic that really get the response. So one of the things that you mentioned earlier is just telling your story, being, you know, you personally being inspired because I speak with business owners all the time who um, say, Sharifa, you know, I want to make more money. I want more exposure. I want to expand. And one of the things as a business consultant that I do is I look at their whole presence. I look at their website. I look at their social media, you know, and I go to their social media and they posted once 12 years ago, you know, and I'm like, okay, you, you don't even post on social media. How do you expect people to find you? And they'll, they will say, well, you know, I don't have anything interesting to say. And, and, I'll, and it always puzzles me because you know, I'm confused. If you don't have anything to say about your business, how do you expect your customers or your clients to be interested in your business? Do you have that experience, Neelam? Or, and what, do you, what is your thoughts on that? So I really think it's a lot to do with entitlement. Mm -hmm. I, I really feel that entrepreneurship has become such a buzzword. Mm -hmm. I'll have the occasional time I'm releasing a program or a class. I had someone do this uh, with one of my class where I was teaching people how to land um, paid speaking gigs, doing what they love in the right places around the world, right? Because that's what I do, mm -hmm. part of what I do. And I had enough expertise to teach this and enough heart to teach it that I didn't want to teach it to everybody. I wanted to teach it to the right people. Again, you know, I'm very specific about that. Five people getting my knowledge is better than 500, mm -hmm. right? And I had this lady say to me, so, Neelam, do you think I can outsource the research part to a VA? And now here's this, there's not so, I personally was okay with listening to that. But the part that was a disconnect for me was when earlier she said that she was having a financial crunch. Mm -hmm. I struggled with that because I was like, yo, you just told me that you have a financial crunch. This program or this situation is designed so that you can learn how to do this and then delegate it. And which parts should you delegate would be more easier for you to understand once you learn the process. Mm -hmm. So I think the issue becomes that people don't have the patience to learn. Mm -hmm. And then with that comes entitlement because they feel mm -hmm. like I posted once, so I should get a result. Mm -hmm. So you think Michael Jordan was doing what, like for years at end, what was he doing? Like he was working when other people were still sleeping. Mm -hmm. There was, there were strikes. Uh, there was, there's a story I read about uh, when, um, and it was related to Michael Jordan or one, one of the, I think it was Michael Jordan. And there was a strike. There was some sort of union strike or whatever, which kept them out. But Michael Jordan would still go and practice because one, it doesn't mean the, se like the season will come back. I mean, as soon as the strike is over, you have to go play. Meanwhile, right. the other, other you know, players were chilling, hanging out and whatnot. So just imagine like there, how long it would have taken them to get back into the zone, whereas Michael was always in the zone. Like that's what separates, separates legends from the ordinary. Mm -hmm. And I think if we can approach our life every day thinking of ourselves as warriors or as people who are armored to make a difference because that's what we need right now, right? Like we don't need entrepreneurs. We need entrepreneurs who want to create impact. We need artists who want to change the narrative on something. We need social workers who want to go out there. And I would say like social workers should try to monetize as much as possible too. But we need people thinking about their art and their, their passions or things they're naturally gifted at differently. And mm -hmm. you're right. I think 
I think when you, you don't have a real connection with the work and you think that the work is supposed to somehow sustain you and just be on cruise control, I tell people entrepreneurship is not for them. It's a way of living. It's a, it's a way of uh, operating. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the true entrepreneurs, that's, they have been doing it over and over repeatedly again. Whereas the person you're referring to is someone who's probably going to do it once. He wants a one hit wonder. He wants that to sustain him till he retires. Mm-hmm. In which case you can just do corporate. <laughs> Absolutely. Corporation. You just go get you a corporate job and it works. Maybe this social media thing or entrepreneurship isn't for you. That's one of the things I talk about in my book, my new book, Signs You Might Be an Entrepreneur. Signs yeah. You Might Be an Entrepreneur. How to Discover the Entrepreneur in You. And that's the biggest theme is the two types of people. There's somebody who just says, you know what, I want to be rich and I don't want to do any work. Okay, that doesn't make you an entrepreneur. That just means, you know, you could be lazy and don't want to do anything. But the entrepreneur is always trying to solve problems. They're, they're okay. solving problems that other people don't, you know, don't even see. Problems that don't even exist yet. And they're out there to solve the problems, to help the world. And they have a vision. It's bigger than them. It's not just a paycheck for them. And they, they will work. People always ask me, what is the one business that's guaranteed to be successful online? And I always tell them, it's the business that you will work day in and day out. That's what it comes <laughs> down to. It's very... It's very, very simple. Now, I know you have the workshop, and this is one of the questions that I would love answered, and I'm sure our listeners would as well, because we all want this, but we don't know how to do it. And I know you can't give away all your trade secrets, but for people who are interested in paid speaking opportunities, do you have any any advice you can give us? Sure. Uh, first things first, like just remove any sense of like, Again, entitlement around it. And remember that the stage is not, you know, a place to go like, it's not a, you're not beating your chest over there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually diagnosed as an introvert. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, so they did the, and uh, one of, yeah, so one of my, one of my friends uh, who does personality typing was, was said to me once, she's like, Neelam, because you're an introvert, you're good on stage. I don't know if you understand. And, but because I'm on stage, I'm also misconstrued to be an extrovert, mm-hmm. which is fine. It's all good. I still love meeting people. There's no issues with it. But mm-hmm. I think when it comes to paid speaking, you have to understand uh, your skill set. You want to make sure that your, um, what I call your story of influence mm-hmm. um, has to be really sharp. I don't do anything. So even my classes, like when I do master classes or whatever I teach, I don't do anything fancy. I don't do fancy sales funnels. I don't do Facebook ads. I do it literally very organically. I can do it. I can teach the whole thing in like three hours on a board. Mm-hmm. Like this is, this is how it has to go. Right. Um, but it starts with understanding your story really, really well and making sure you're crafting it the right way and presenting yourself, even if you're cold pitching. Um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll occasionally do the cold pitch where I feel really moved to be, um, presented at, um, to be considered somewhere. Whereas TEDx's, both the TEDx's that happened to me were by invitation. I didn't apply for them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and they happened very quickly. Like the first TEDx I was invited to was when I came to India. So within like not even six months of leaving my corporate job, mm-hmm. someone was watching. And the next thing I know, I have an email in my inbox mm-hmm. with organizers. So again, you have to stay in integrity with what you are doing. I just, sorry, I just uh, sidestepped for a second over there. with the 
<laughs> so I just sidestep for a second, but um, but it's really important to understand your story of influence. It's important to know, um, uh, I, without going into too much of the house, it's important to know why you are relevant for that stage. Mm -hmm. And always remember, it's not about you. Mm -hmm. It's not about the money you're going to get. It's about what is the value every seat in that chair is going to have because of your skill set, your knowledge, and your approach to solving a problem? That's what you're yes. Great comments. Thank you, everyone who has joined us. Thank you to Jim, Jermaine, Linda, Tammy, Lucinda. Lucinda's listening. She says, I love that in terms of what you were saying about speaking. She said, stay in your integrity. So that's wonderful. If anyone has any questions or comments, please feel free to add them to the comment section. Uh, wonderful advice. If you're just now tuning in, we're speaking with Neelam Tawar. She's a poet. She's an organic strategist. She helps business owners strategize organically. She does workshops. She's a speaker. And she was not only on TEDx, but she was a two-time TEDx speaker. This lady is amazing and definitely want to share this interview if anyone wants to learn more about organic strategies. So Neelan, we are coming down to the last few minutes of the show. And what I like to do at the end of every show is just allow my guests the opportunity to just speak to everyone who's watching and let them know what you want them to take away from your interview. Oh, I, I hope you take away whatever connects with you for sure. But I also just say, just let me share, because I do a lot of um, things happen to me when I'm in these moments where I just like stream stuff. But I, I think whoever's listening, um, we're living in very interesting times uh, in, in, in a good way, right? It may not seem like that when we're facing our own difficulties, when we're facing our own demons and our own like darkness. And especially when we're trying to transition into a better life, whatever that means for you, right? And you may get into this moment in your life where, or wherever you are right now, you might feel like there is no end in sight, or you might feel like you don't have the support, you don't have the money, you don't have the looks, you don't have, I, you don't have the financial backing, whatever it is that, that your I don't have is, just please remember that when you feel like you don't have something, that is just the nucleus of, you, of a test, if you will, to, to sort of gauge how much you want what it is you want. And are you willing to go past all of this like gunk to be able to get to that point. Like in many ways, like my job was comfortable, so to speak, but I really truly didn't enjoy it. But then it became my excuse. And three weeks before I left, uh, mutually agreed to separate from my last employer, I had called my mother up and I said, mom, she was on Long Island. I said, mom, can you come and pack my apartment with me? Um, I need you for like maybe two weeks. So my, my mom asked me like, so sweetheart, where are you going? What happened? I was like, these are my exact words slightly paraphrased in the way I can remember them right now. I, I said to her, mom, I don't know where I'm going, but I do know that I'm going to be asked to make a decision, a life-changing decision, decision of sorts. And I do not want to use New York City. I do not want to use my apartment. I do not want to use my high paying job. I do not want to use any of these things as an excuse not to go in the direction of the unknown. I was going in a massive direction of the unknown because I've only had a corporate job. And it was really, really crazy to make that decision. And many people saw that and they were like, wow, she did it on a whim. And I was like, no, my heart was not in it for four years or five years at least. So I want anyone who's listening to it. And I get very passionate about this because I really think we're so lucky we have the internet. I don't know where everybody's listening in from, but we're all connected. We're all connected. And the more you show up in your element and in your authenticity, your own fullness of your own being, 
you just don't know whose life you have the power to change. And if you would look at your life in that regard, that you are capable of helping somebody somehow down the road, I assure you will, your problems will seem like that big. Try to take this to heart and, and do what, what is difficult right now. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. You have, you have the capacity to rise over it and technology can make it so much easier for you. I love your passion. I get passionate. I, I'm one of those people, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm going to church because I get so passionate about business, entrepreneurship, life, you know, just helping people because I love business. But what people don't understand about me is that business to me represents family. It represents being able to take care of your family represent passion on that legacy. You know, I believe in generational wealth. Why? Because, you know, I have two children now, they're 25 and 22. One day, oh, I hope and pray to have grandchildren. And I don't want my grandchildren, my great, great grandchildren and so on and so on to have to suffer like I did. I want them to be, to have their college paid for. You know, for me, business entrepreneurship is about families. So I'm like, to me, it's passionate. It's important. It's, it's you know, it's, is the utmost. Now we do have we do have a question for you from the comments, and um, I know you answered it slightly, but I'm going to ask the question. Tammy said she and she put this in all caps, so I'm definitely going to ask. But Tammy wants to know how to get an invite to TEDx. Whoa! Hi, Tammy. How are you? <laughs> uh, well, so the first way to get an invite to a TEDx is by not thinking about a TEDx. Seriously, like it was never an end goal. I've sat and watched TEDx interviews in my Manhattan apartment. My mom has seen me watch them. And I would always look at those interviews and I would look at those people and I'd just walk away feeling like, wow, they know so much. And I remember one time I looked at that, one of the videos I was watching, I was like, yeah, it would be cool. I, I, don't, even, I don't even think I said it would be cool, but I said something like, yeah, but what do I have to say? Like, even mm -hmm. if I was put in this situation, what do I have to say? And this is why I was in my corporate job. So how do you get invited to a TEDx is by not thinking about a TEDx. Try to make sure that you're being present, um, more tactically speaking, because I believe in giving tools. Um, make sure you're showing up on your social media. Make sure um, you are, um, if you feel like you, you're ready to apply, feel free to apply. Mine were invitations, uh, but I do teach how to, <laughs> I do teach how to get, get to a TEDx too. <laughs> so maybe you can send me a separate message about it. <laughs> You have to take the class. She yeah. gave a little yeah. bit of information. <laughs> but, it's, but truly, it's just a journey, right? Um, and I think when I, I'll just quickly share this, because it was not in, in, my, in my mind, it wasn't in my consciousness. Uh, I, I really didn't see the impact of my doing my TEDx till after the fact. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the doors it's opened up for me, it, uh, the, the people I'm able to reach as a result has really tra transcended what I could have ever dreamed of. And I, I look at that with what you just said, Shreefa, as well. It's like, how many people can we help, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, it was another forum. Um, I could do a talk right now. I could do the same talk in this area, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? But um, yeah, build, build something first for yourself um, and, and be visible in the right places. I love it. Um, our listeners are enjoying so many people. Dan just joined us. Linda Charles said, very informative. So, you know, like I said, we just want to touch one. If you touch one, then it's all worth it. But I always ask that one that we touch to go ahead and share this interview because your friends may be wanting to know the same information. They, they may want to learn. So share the interview 
friends. Do not let friends miss out on Ask Sharifa. Now, again, we're down to the last few minutes of the show. Neelam, please, 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 because you mentioned to Tammy that she can contact you about more information on how to get uh, TEDx. But how can everyone contact you and how can they find more information about you? And Tammy says thank you, by the way. Oh, did she put that in all caps? No, not she put the T in caps and that was it. Everything else was lowercase. Work on that, Tammy. All caps for the thing. Sending you love. Sending you love. Um, (laughs) So sweet. Uh, uh, Yes, you can pretty much just search my name. There's a website. There's um, Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram. I share a lot of, uh, I'm on IGTV now. I just started hooking that baby up. Um, So I share a lot of thoughts there as well. And if you're coming through uh, this kind of a model, just definitely put it in the comment box that you saw me here so I can, I have something to, to have a point of reference so I know what I spoke about. But yeah, you can, LinkedIn, uh, I have a public Facebook page and a private Facebook page too. So wherever you feel comfortable, wherever you're present, I think more or less I'm, I'm there. Except Twitter and Snapchat because mm-hmm. I can't be everywhere. The introvert in me will not allow it. <laughs> I think that's a rule for introverts because I'm not on Twitter or Snapchat and Tammy says LOL in all caps. You made her laugh. I think you made her day. So um, I used to be on LinkedIn. I'm not even on LinkedIn anymore. I love just being on Facebook, my Facebook page, talking to people. I love engaging with people. Now, Neelam, let's go back. You said there's a website. What is that website? It's just neelamtuar.com. Okay. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm so lucky that I have this like unique sounding name. I've been able to get a Gmail address. I've been able to get a URL. And, and, I'm, and I, I always joke about this because Instagram handles are supposed to be so awesome and I'm so not creative. Mm-hmm. I just stick with my name so you can just... Uh, oh, I kind of feel... I, I'm sh- at Sharifa Hardy. I didn't know I needed to do more than that. No, yeah, that's, that's good enough, no? That's good enough for me. So at Sharifa Hardy on Instagram, you'll, you'll find me. Now, Neelam, you are amazing. I love the information. I always tell people up front, when I meet people, I'm like, you have to, I have to put you in front of people because the people I meet, the people I know are so amazing and you definitely qualify as amazing. I want to thank you for being a guest on today's episode of Ask Sharifa Videocast. Thank you so much. And, and to all the listeners, you're amazing. Ask questions after the thing. I'm sure, Sharifa, will you tag me so I can see what's coming afterwards. I'll be happy to go in there and respond as much as I'll respond to everybody. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. We're going to go ahead and send it over to you. So you'll be able to see the video as well as the comments. And of course, I have to thank everyone, all our viewers, everyone who tuned in to this show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're getting ready to go live on my next show, which is LNS live Monday mornings with Lucinda and Sharifa at 10 a.m. But of course I cannot in this show without thanking my sponsor. My sponsor is what makes a lot of this possible because I wouldn't be where I am without my sponsor. So I want to tell everybody, please visit fireballapproves.com before you rent anything, whether it's an apartment, a house, a vacation, your travel, um, vacation rental properties, please make sure it's a real listing, a real property and not a scam. Okay, make sure that property is Fireball approved. So you want to check out the website at fireballapproves.com. And if you're interested in being a guest, being on my show, maybe you want to sit down and have a little chit chat with me, visit the website. If you want to be a sponsor, if you want to watch all of my interviews, visit my website at ashtarifa.com. Until then, everyone have a blessed day. Goodbye now. 
When you're looking to buy or rent a property, you need FireballApproves.com. They protect you against renter fraud and much more. Give us a call today at 904-580-6740 before you shop. If Fireball approves it, then you can rest assured that it's a safe deal. Why go anyplace else? With over 20 years of experience, you bet we've got your back. That's FireballApproves.com. Don't get scammed. Make sure Fireball approves. Agency number A180. 00175. If you want to take your business to the next level, then you need InTheNewsPR.com. It's the perfect PR agency that can increase your business exposure along with your media interest through thoughtful storytelling and strategic media campaigns. That's InTheNewsPR.com. Give us a call at 562-822-0965 and see how we can get your company in the news. From marketing and social media to public relations and interviews, we've got it covered. That's InTheNewsPR.com. Make sure everyone knows your business.